0: And He promises to to provide for us. And like the loaves and fishes, when God provides, there's always enough. And then there's some left over.
1: Welcome to On the Bright Side with Bobby Bollinger, entrepreneur, business owner, and spiritual life coach. Bobby and his brother Glenn own Alliance Sports Group, a collection of hardware and sports product lines, including Nebo tools and flashlights, sold in over 40,000 retail stores across America. Bobby would like your feedback. As a spiritual life coach, how can he help you? Questions, comments, prayers? Bobby reads every email and personally responds to most of them. Bobby at onthebrightside.org. Now, get ready for On the Bright Side with Bobby. Have you guys
0: heard about the man who was looking up at the sky and decided he would talk to God? So he asked, God, how long is a million years? Well, God answered, in my frame of reference, it's about a minute. So then the man asked, Well, God, how much is a million dollars? And God replied, Well, to me, it's a penny. Then the man asked, God, can I have a penny? (laughs) And God says, Sure, in a minute. (laughs) I have a good word for you this morning. Here it is. Jesus is in the boat that's it. Now I want you to know that I studied hard this week to come up with that breakthrough revelation. It was kind of strange, but in the Gospels, there's this little subplot that is mentioned several times that caught my attention, and it was when Jesus was starting to hit his stride in his ministry, and throngs of people were coming from everywhere to see him and to touch him and to witness the many miracles he was performing. And it was during this short span of time they performed the miracle of feeding the 5,000. He took uh, a few morsels of food and then he multiplied it exponentially to feed everyone. And then shortly after that, he fed another 4,000 people the very same way. Then, getting to the point of my story, Jesus gets in a boat with the disciples and heads out across the water. Now, while they're rowing or sailing or whatever they did back then, I'm not sure, But Jesus picks up on the fact that the disciples had discovered that they forgot to bring any food for their trip. In fact, they only had one loaf of bread. And they were talking about it. So Jesus uses their concern over the lack of bread to warn them, in an analogy using bread, of something more important. But the disciples didn't get it. Instead, the disciples thought that Jesus was upset because they forgot the food. Now, now now that I've set this up, Jesus is getting really frustrated with these guys. And from reading a number of translations of this, I'm going to paraphrase his response, but it had to be something like this. He said, you have got to be kidding. (laughs) Have you guys heard nothing that I've said in the last few days? Have your eyes... Seen nothing that I've done? Were you even there when I fed the 5,000? And how many baskets were left over? And the disciples said, 12, Lord. And Jesus says, When I fed the 4,000, how many baskets were left over then? And they answered, Well, there were seven. And then Jesus says, And you guys really think that I'm worried about having enough bread? You can just see Jesus shaking his head in frustration. Now, there is a powerful message for us in this story because as ridiculous as it seems that these disciples who had witnessed countless miracles over the past weeks, to think that they were actually worried about the lack of bread, the truth is we are guilty of doing the very same thing today. But let me ask you something. Is there any one of us who can count how many times that we've had the miraculous touch of God on our lives? I mean, how, how many of us have been saved by the unexplainable grace of God? How many of us have felt the touch of healing in our body? Has anybody ever, has God ever intervened on your behalf in an impossible situation? Am I talking to anybody here? Who hasn't witnessed His miraculous, saving, healing, supernatural presence? I mean, how many miracles should it take us to believe and yet when our resources get low we are so capable of doubting and filling up with fear over what's going to happen to us and when we do that we can actually frustrate the lord just like the disciples did well the story went on but the the disciples ultimately got what jesus was talking about and they of course became remarkable testaments to the faith but I still don't want to be like they were that day on the water because you see all they needed and all we ever need is to know that Jesus is in the boat and he thrives on our dependence he even demands it of us and he promises to, to provide for us and like the loaves and fishes when God provides there's always enough and then there's some left over you see, God has a purpose behind our every problem. And sometimes you never know that God is all you need until God is all you've got. So the next time you feel you're down to your last loaf, that's not the time to worry. But that's the time to expect a God moment. Because remember Jesus is in the boat.
1: Wouldn't it be nice if we didn't have to think about money all the time? Coming up, learn how facing financial struggles is part of the journey God has put us on. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back. And now back to On the Bright Side, as Bobby Bollinger shares his unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong
0: journey of faith. According to the New York Times, the Verizon company will receive over a billion dollars of bailout stimulus money to bring fast internet service to low-income areas around the country. So soon people will be able to go online and see that they have no money in the bank at, six, at 768 kilobits per second. <laughs> I think it's great that, how they're using all that money. You know, I've been a part of the tithes and offering time of the service for several years now, and by now, you know that I don't always talk about tithing and giving or money issues. Many times, I'm just hoping to bring an encouraging word To some of you. But this morning, I want to remind us that this part of the service is very meaningful. Because it's not only a biblical directive for us to tithe and to give, but tithing and giving is something we all need to do. We need to do it for ourselves and for our own spiritual growth. And we especially need to give in difficult times. Let's talk about tithing for a second. Tithing, or giving 10% of our income, really isn't giving the same way. Tithing is an act of obedience, and it's important to God that we do it. And when we do it, we're acknowledging that everything we have belongs to God. And that's a good enough reason we should tithe. But the reason we need to tithe, say with me, need to tithe, The reason we need to tithe is because when we tithe the remaining 90% of what we have is blessed So while tithing is expected It's also respected But giving is also an important part of our life and is very important to God Did you know that there are over 2,000 verses in the Bible that reference money or possessions? In contrast there are about 500 verses about faith and about 500 verses about prayer. And of the 38 parables that Jesus used, 16 of them had to do with money. In the Bible, the word give is used 2,285 times. That sounds like a lot. The word love appears 733 times. The message here is that what we do with and how we handle our money is a big deal and developing our relationship with the Lord. You see, God uses money to test us. And hear this. Amazingly, he allows us to use money to test him. One of the reasons we need to give, say we need to give. Well, that was, that was really enthusiastic. <laughs> say with me. We need, to give, we need to give. Is because giving keeps our heart in the right place. What we give to defines our, pro- our priorities. The word says where our treasure is, our hearts will follow. And there is nothing better to defeat materialism in our life than giving. Giving affirms that old saying that the greatest things in life are not things. Another reason we need to give, say we need to give.
2: <laughs>
0: That's better, thank you. We need to give simply to benefit other people. Since the beginning of time, there has always been those who are in great need. And the Lord made it clear that the church, that's us, are supposed to help them. We're not to share the gospel with them and just stop. We're to love them and we're to share with them in tangible ways. The old saying is that you can you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. We also need to, we need, to we need, to we need to give. So we can see God's principles and truth manifested directly into our own life. Let me say that again. We need to give so we can see God's principles and truth manifested directly in our own lives. The word says give and it will be given to you in good measure. Press down, shaken together and running over and pouring over into your lap. We need to give so we can experience that in our own life. And finally, we need to give. Because giving glorifies God. You see, giving really is an act of worship. Just like praising Him is. The Word says it's more blessed to give than receive. And giving is a way that we can tangibly show our gratitude For all that he has already given us. Wouldn't it be nice if we didn't have to think about money all the time? I mean, we didn't have to try and make ends meet. Have to provide all the needs for our families. I mean, I know we feel that way. But you see that struggle, that challenge to meet all the demands of the day... Is part of the journey that God has put us on. And when we labor in the field and earn our wage and are still faithful, in spite of our financial struggles, He places in our hearts the desire to give what we can, knowing that it takes faith to do it. And that's when something special happens. That's when we grow grow stronger in the Lord. That's when his principles about money and prosperity are activated in our lives. And that's why we need to give. So giving is important. And we need to do it well. The Apostle Paul said this, See that you excel in this grace of giving. I happen to know, in case you don't, that Bethesda has always been a generous and giving place. Nothing pleases
1: the Lord more than knowing that we trust and depend on Him. Stay tuned to learn how you can trust God to do a work in your life and in your finances. On the bright side, we'll be right back. I love the intense brightness and durability of Nebo Tools flashlights. Listen, my neighbor lost his keys and I asked if he had checked under the seat of his car. He had, but I handed him my Nebo Tools second generation Slide King flashlight and I told him to look again. He found the keys. My neighbor was impressed. This flashlight is so bright, I want one of these, he says. So I ordered him Nebo Tools second generation Slide King flashlight. An amazing high power 500 lumen flashlight, chips on board work light, red light, and red hazard flasher. It's equipped with programmable memory settings for each light mode We hope you're enjoying Bobby Bollinger's unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith on The Bright Side.
0: All right, go Rangers, go Cowboys. Praise the Lord. (laughs) But get happy. But first, I want to encourage a few people who might be going through a difficult financial situation right now. Because you know... For almost all of us, it's not a matter of if we are going to experience some financial problems from time to time, but when we're going to have them. And I know that I speak often of how important it is for us to be faithful in our giving. But today, I want to focus on how faithful God is in regard to our finances. And the way I'm going to do that is by simply telling you some fishing stories. Now, do we have any men or women out there who like to fish? A few? Well, I have to confess that even though our company does make some products for fishing, I'm not much of a fisherman. Uh, But I do like this advice that I heard given from a mother to her daughter before she was married. She said, cook a man a fish and feed him for a day. But teach a man to fish and you can get rid of him for the whole weekend. Maybe my wife would like it if I took up fishing. (laughs) But but the fish stories that I want to talk about aren't just any fish stories. Because they were orchestrated by none other than our Lord Jesus himself. And I believe that the Lord always had a reason and a purpose for everything he did. Do you believe that? So Jesus was standing in, in a boat by the shore preaching one time. And after he finished, he told Peter to go out into the deeper water and cast the nets. Well, Peter proceeded to tell the Lord that they had already been out there all night and they didn't catch anything. But Peter said, because you say so, I will let down the nets. And you remember the rest of the story. When they did, they caught so many fish that they called over another boat to help them and both boats were loaded down so much with fish that they almost sank. Well, if you take a closer look at what happened there, Peter had informed the Lord that they, who were professional fishermen, had come up empty. And although the Lord could have provided food for them a number of different ways, he did it by telling them to go back to work, to just do what they always do go fishing. But this time to do it in his name. And Peter said, because you said so, Lord. And when they did that, the Lord provided more than what was needed for them and for himself. The next fish story is hardly ever talked about. And it happens to also involve Peter. So when a couple of tax collectors asked Peter if he paid his taxes, Peter answered yes. And then he went to report this to the Lord. And the Lord, who obviously wasn't too worried about the tax bill, told Peter to go fishing. And when he caught his first fish, he was to open its mouth and he would find a gold coin that was enough to pay the Lord's tax as well as Peter's. Well, the first thing that comes to mind when I read this story is that Jesus must have really liked to mess with Peter. Because I can just see Peter asking him to repeat the instructions. And by the way, do you know what kind of fish it was Peter was fishing for? Goldfish. Think about it. (laughs) But when you look closer at this event, again, you find that the Lord instructed Peter to do what he already knew how to do, go fishing. And when he followed the Lord's instructions, his needs were not only met, but also the needs of the Lord. So listen, here's what these fish stories have to do with you and your financial issues today. Peter was a fisherman. And the Lord used what he did and what he knew to teach him, to trust him, to provide his needs. And so whatever your needs are, you're supposed to go fishing or go sell cars or real estate or insurance or teach or nurse or do whatever it is that you know how to do at the same time trusting God to provide and meet your needs. And you can stand firm in your purpose, and you can trust God to do a work in your life and in your finances. Nothing pleases the Lord more than knowing that we trust Him and depend on Him. And I believe the Lord actually gets what He needs from us through our acts of trust and obedience. Don't you think the Lord really enjoyed eating the fish that night Of the big catch because of Peter's obedience and I believe the Lord got more joy out of paying his taxes because of Peter's obedience to go fishing the word says let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant sometimes our nets are going to be empty and sometimes we may not know how we're going to pay our taxes But God wants to bless us, and he wants to bless us in a way that reveals his greatness to us. And to do that, we have to trust God right where we are. Knowing what we know how to do, we have to be willing to go fishing.